What's up, Duke fans, and welcome to another episode of Duke Blue Central. Uh, Duke was victorious tonight, walking away with a 77-69 point victory against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons in a game that wasn't pretty, didn't have uh, all the, maybe the shooting spectacle we expected from two of the better three-point shooting teams in the ACC, but still even with all that, even with the game being ugly, being kind of a rock fight from a shooting perspective, it is still great to be sitting here talking to you about a Duke victory. And as I always say, ugly wins are better than pretty losses. Uh, this was an interesting game to watch. Uh, the, we're, we're heading kind of into... Uh, the most, what I would say is the most important stretch uh, in Duke's season. Uh, Duke's schedule is a is a, is a pretty killer schedule. Uh, finishing out our last, I think it's seven games now of the regular season. Um, the teams left on the schedule, no particular order. Uh, Miami, Wake Forest again at Wake Forest, home versus North Carolina. Uh, at FSU versus Virginia, at NC State, and versus Louisville. Uh, what that basically breaks down into in the quad system. Uh, somebody tweeted this at, at the Duke Nation. Ryan tweeted this uh, before the game, and I, I, I reposted it on Twitter uh, right before the game as well, talking about how important this stretch is for the Blue Devils. Uh, right now, Duke standing, uh, Duke's, Duke's net rankings are as follows. We're 17th in the net. In uh, quad one, we are five wins, two losses. That's pretty good. Have five quad one wins is nothing to hang your head at. We do have we're, we are zero and two in quad two. I believe that would be one and two now after tonight. I think a wake was considered a quad two opponent tonight, just barely. Uh, quad three, we're eight and one, and then quad four, uh, five and zero. Oh. I think that one loss in quad three is Georgia Tech. Uh, Maybe they could make a push to quad two. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know everything about that system. It's pretty dang complicated. Uh, but that's that's where Duke's rankings stand now. Uh, we're projected to be a three or a four going into the night. The last bracketology had us at a four seed. Uh, but during the game tonight, they showed Lundardi's uh, updated rankings, and they had Duke as a three seed. So right on that four and three line, um, but with with this many games remaining, you know we've got three quad one games remaining, and uh, after tonight, three quad two games left. Uh, so uh, some of these these quad one games are going to be extremely important. There's a lot of room for Duke to grow. Uh, I, I would have not told you this early in the year, but it, it it really feels like Duke could maybe squeeze their way up into a two seed. Like if we're able to if we're able to take down Miami at Miami, beat Wake at Wake, and then end the year. Uh, winning at versus North Carolina in Cameron. Gosh, I, I think there's a world we could be looking at a two-seeded Duke team going into the tournament. Now, a lot of that depends on what we do in these other games. Uh, for instance, if we lose at FSU, e even if we win those, I don't think we could get that high. Um, but 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 it'll certainly be interesting. Uh, it, you know, if we finish the year undefeated, uh, I believe we would have uh, the ACC regular season title finishing with, by then it would be, Eight quad one wins, eight and two in quad one, uh, pretty dang good. I I don't know what that would totally mean for our seating, but I but I think there's a world where Duke could really contend for a three or two seed here as we uh, as we end the year. So this was an extremely important stretch in the year, and it all started really with this three game homestand. 
after the loss to North Carolina. And, you know, it, we didn't have the prettiest of performances. Uh, beat Notre Dame, beat Boston College, and then the big one was today at Wake. I think this was one a lot of people had circled on their calendars. Wake has been a uh, – I think they've been an underrated team this year. They've got a decent, a better ACC record than their overall record, um, but but they're a team who shoot the ball really well. Uh, just one of those crazy three point shooting teams, and Hunter Salas uh, just is an incredible player, and he had an awesome game tonight. Had the best game of anybody on the floor for Wake, uh, and showed why. You know, if you're, you're talking about guys who are going to go pro next year, you could definitely see him uh, being drafted higher, uh, pretty high. Maybe uh, in this next uh, this this NBA draft, I don't know where he is on mock draft. Whether his size size projects in the NBA, but man, after what I've seen from him this season, guys, I think shooting maybe even close to forty five percent from three uh, with at six five with all that athleticism he put on display tonight, a guy looks like a pro to me. Um, so so he is a great player, and they're well coached. Uh, they had some good coaching moments out there today against Duke. Uh, Wake Wake is a, is a decent team, and I think we are going to have a hard time beating them on their own floor just coming up. I think it's later yeah, later this month uh, we got to go at Wake and try and beat them there. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and throw out a prediction that that game will just be wildly different than this one. Just the way that both teams shot the ball in this one. Duke picked it up in the second half, but especially Wake, the way they shot the ball in this one, uh, I think definitely – is part of of uh, part of the credit belongs to Duke's defense. Duke defended them really well from the three today, which is something I'll talk about here in a minute. But you can see that game just going way, way different at Wake. But anyway, enough talking about the schedule. Let's break down tonight's game. Kind of want to start with the negatives. So I want to end in the episode on a positive. Yeah, never good to <laughs> start with the goods and then it was the bads. I don't want to end on a sour note. So, so let's start with the bad. And the first thing I just have is like just bad, bad shooting, especially in the first half. The first half of this game was a spectacle to watch, and 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 you you realize that if you if you watched it uh, from the first half perspective, both teams shot twenty one percent from three. Wake went four for nineteen. Duke went three for fourteen. Uh, which is ironic because the game opened up with a Kyle Filipowski open corner three that he drained, and turned out that was his uh, that was going to be his only made three of the game, even though he shot uh, five more after that. Just first half of this game was not pretty offensively. Duke's defense, I thought, did a good job disrupting Wake's good shooting. Uh, but I think part of it was we were getting a little lucky because they weren't making shots. But I definitely think uh, the more part of it, like the bigger piece of the pie, was the way that Duke was tr- kind of running Wake off of the line. And when they got open shots, they were able to hit much higher percentage of those than when Duke was running them off the three-point line. And it was clear that that was Duke's strategy. I mean, I think that's everybody's strategy for Wake when they play them this year. The thing is, they've just been so good at it that not a lot of teams have been able to be successful at that. Um, but, but Duke definitely in the first half and even throughout the entire game was able to really in- disrupt Wake's three-point shooters. Wake finished only shooting 23%. Uh, made six threes out of 20 26. Uh, so so Duke uh, defended them well, but I, I think part of that translated to uh, to Duke's side of the ball where we were not shooting the ball well at all. We finished this game shooting 28% from three. I believe this is three games in a row 
where we end up. I don't know if we ended how, what our percentages were, but this is three games in a row Duke has struggled to shoot the ball from three. And, and part of that has been on individual guys. And McCain had a better three-point shooting night tonight, but uh, he went one for eight against Boston College, which is not common, especially for him. Um, and, and a lot of these two are Filipowski missed three-pointers. This all isn't totally like just our guards not being able to shoot. Uh, this is part of a symptom of Flip just shooting more threes in his past few games. And he's not going to be as high clip a three-point shooter uh, as McCain, Roach, or even Proctor, um, even though Proctor wasn't able to hit a shot tonight. But um, it's just something to keep your eye on, Duke's shooting. I, I, early in the year, in a lot of the shows, I harped on the fact that Duke's three-point shooting needed to be great uh, for us to get where we want to go, which is you know to make a run at the Final Four, try to go deep in, as deep in the tournament uh, as we can, even though I think somewhat the expectation has been lowered for this team since the offseason uh, that we had with a lot of the guys coming back. But if we're going to make that run, I think a huge part of it is going to be the way that we shoot from the outside. And uh, this is just three games in a row where our outside shooting hasn't been all that impressive. Hopefully it's just a bad slump and we can get this negative slump out of the way in February. Maybe late February starts kicking back up and in March we're just on fire shooting 40% from three in the tournament. That would that would uh, that would be great. Go ahead and get all the bad shots out now. Um, but that's all I have for that. And I, I think also another part of that is I tweeted this out in the game. It's so funny how the game of basketball works. It's like these two teams are touted as like these are the two best three-point shooting teams in the ACC maybe. And, and you know, this is going to be a high-scoring shootout game. And, you know, it turns out the winning score was 77. Wake was held to under 70 points. Um but, of course, the game starts with both teams shooting like 21% from three. I think Wake had to shoot 12, free, 0 for 12. They started 0 for 12 from three before they hit their first three-point shot. Um, but it's funny how that translates to the other side of the court because Duke, in turn, then was not able to hit a shot. Now, I'm not saying – you would think those those things really don't – have to do with each other. Wake missing threes has nothing to do with Duke missing threes. But I just think the the way the game ebb and flows, you just see that more often than not. Like when you're really ho- playing lockup defense on the perimeter, just feels like you you shoot worse. I don't know. Maybe part of that is the guys are so zoned in on defense, uh, especially around the arc, that the maybe they they they're taking little breaks on offense and they lose some focus and they they don't shoot as well. Uh, but it's just interesting how that works. Uh, but but hopefully the bad shooting is just a result of a couple games skid. And we've also, other than Carolina, which we didn't shoot the ball well from three there either, and I think that's actually a bigger story of that game than most people think. I, I think if Duke if Duke is average from three that game, I, I think the numbers would tell you that Duke wins. Um, but but besides that, Duke has won these games where they've not been spectacular from three, and this is the most impressive one. I mean, beating a team like Wake shooting uh, this poorly from three, 28%. Second half, we did shoot 36% from three, which is more in line with our average. Um, but uh yeah yeah it just if you would have told me before the game duke was going to finish below 30% from 3 uh while still while still shooting 35 threes uh, I don't know that I would have told you that Duke's walking walking away from Cameron with a win. Uh, but nevertheless, because of our, 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 our effort on the defense, our effort on the uh, the rebounding, which I thought was 
impressive tonight. We out-rebounded Wake. Um, Duke's able to end up with a win here, which is uh, really, really impressive. The other, the next bad I want to get to, which I don't like to – I don't love harping on individual performances. You know, I, I don't know if – sometimes it feels weird. These these guys are so young, and they're, they're so early into the career. It's not like criticizing an NBA player where you're talking about a 30-plus-year-old guy who's played the game for so long, and you're talking about long-form habits that have developed in their game. You're talking about – you know, 18 to 22-year-olds primarily uh, when you're talking about Duke players. Um, but it has to be brought up. I mean, Tyrese Proctor had a, I think, an awful game tonight. I, 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 he was a, he felt to me, and I don't know if you guys felt the same way watching this, but he felt to me like a non-factor in this game, even kind of on the defensive side. Uh, he had Salas for a large portion of the game, and Salas ended up with 22 points, shooting 10 for 20, 2 for 5 for 3. Uh just not his typical night. That when you got Proctor on a guard, you expect him to really do a lot of damage and lock up that guard. And if nothing else, even if it's not clicking on the offensive side of the ball, which it wasn't tonight, uh, you expect him to really do really do a number on the other guard he's defending, and that just didn't happen. Um, and and there's we've talked about it. <laughs> I mean, I think three consecutive episodes now. Uh, Tyrese Proctor's performance. He was aggressive in his three-point shot. He went 0 for 4 from 3, um, but those shots were aggressive. Some of them weren't great. Uh, some of them were open, and he just didn't convert. Uh, it is worth pointing out he did uh, get shaken up late in this game. Um, in the second half, came down hard. Looked to me like he hit his head, but uh, I, I I didn't hear anything on what the injury was. He got up and walked off fine, sat out, I think the, uh, or I th was it late in the first half? It might have been late in the first half, um, and sat out the rest of the half, and then came back in the second half. I think it was, yeah. It, he fell, took a hard fall late in the first half, didn't play the rest of the first half, but there was only like a minute or so left, and then he came out in the second half and played uh, seemingly unbothered, but it, I guess that's worth pointing out, like uh, that injury, but he wasn't having a great game at halftime anyway, even before that. And I, and I think he would tell you that. Uh, Tyrese, let me just read his stat line. And it, I mean, you, you tell me if this is a good stat line for him. Finishes 0 for 5, has four rebounds, two assists, one turnover, only fouled one time, no points. No points for Tyrese Proctor. I mean, that's just – that's a stat line you expect from, like, a Caleb Foster. No disrespect from him, but just a young freshman still feeling out their way in college basketball. This is a big game against a great ACC opponent, a team that I think – hopefully will make the tournament, even though I could talk forever about how the AC, the NCAA tournament just shafts the ACC every year. And, and somehow we don't rank in these metrics really well, and yet we have, like, more Final Fours and champions than any of the league, I think, in 10 years. Like, it, the, the way that the ACC teams produce in the tournament is, is almost never disappointing, and we still just don't get the respect we deserve. But I hope, I, I to me, Wake Forest is an NCAA tournament team. Um, but you expect in a game like this a young guy, freshman, uh, to make mistakes and kind of have a game where maybe he's not sticking out in your head as a real negative effect uh we've talked about it with caleb some games you know it's it, it, he's he's at times been where okay he's not really hurting you that much but he's also not helping you that much you expect that from a young guy like him uh, with proctor 
it's just, it's becoming harder and harder for me to, I don't want to say defend him, but just, I don't know, just see the the improvement that we were supposed to be getting from a sophomore year Tyrese Proctor. I do think he's better this year than last year. Don't don't get me wrong. And, and I don't know, maybe he had an injury before the game. You never know what's happening with these guys off the court. Um, and it is always just one game that's important to remember. One game doesn't tell the story of your entire season most of the time until you get to March. Um, but just putting up no points in a game like this in a big ACC game at home too. It's not even like you're on the road. Like you didn't have away fans chirping in your ear the whole game. Just not a good game for Proctor and not, not an easy one to defend for, for big Proctor supporters. Again, still think the kid should play and start and all that love him as a player. But, gosh, <laughs> this has been a rough week for him. I mean, uh, coming from Carolina to now, it, it's been a rough, rough stretch. He did have ten points, I think, in one game, um, and then maybe had nine or eight in the other two, but just not the numbers we expect from him. I mean, it it's just I, – I don't know if – if his injury early in the year really just got him out of the flow of the chemistry of this team. You know, we actually started clicking as a team. He went out. We were able to beat Baylor, which I still think is probably – is it probably our best win of the year still um, without him? So I'm not saying this team is better without him, but it's just – and but that's really not an excuse. I mean, we've played so much since then. You would think that the chemistry issues would not be there, but it just—I don't know. It, it, I don't know if it's that. I don't know if he's not aggressive enough. I don't know if this is what the coaching staff is telling him to play like. Um, but that's just not the production you expect you expect to see from Tyrese Proctor in, in this type of game. He's typically a guy who gets up for big games, um, and I think he will in the tournament. You know. Uh, we're talking about this guy. What does it surprise any of us if, if in the second round of the tournament he leads Duke in scoring, you know, gets 25 and makes 50% of his threes and is doing step-back mid-range jumpers like he did against Tennessee last year? Um, and that's when it really matters. So here's to just hoping – Proctor can just turn it on as the season gets late in the year. Um, but that's it's just not the game you expect to see from him at this level. And the last thing I have for the bad that I have time to talk about, really, is just the bench production. And I don't know if this is necessarily bad, but the rotation's getting interesting. So here's the minutes breakdown for tonight. Uh, as you know, the starters, regular starters, Roach, Proctor, McCain, Flip, Mark. Um McCain played 38 minutes. Mitchell played 38 minutes. Roach played 30 minutes. Flip played 38 minutes. Um, Proctor and Foster both played the same amount of minutes, 26 minutes. After that, Sean Stewart had two minutes. Ryan Young had two minutes. Jalen Blake had one minute. So we, I mean, we we essentially played six guys for meaningful minutes this game. I mean, Sean Stewart and Ryan Young spot minutes. I think they even played at the same time. So uh, this was a, you know, there's one guy coming off the bench the entire game. And it's not what I expected for this team uh, being what I would anticipate it as deep as we were. You know, in the offseason, I think we all expected Sean Stewart to play more. I think Ryan Young has really not played that much in the last few games uh, it might be the time of year where he's really seeing his minutes get cut down um, but 
gosh, it, that's just a lot of minutes. I just want to point that out and say, you know, it, our only bench production was Caleb Foster getting four points, and and, and that was it. Everything, everybody else, McCain finished with 17, Mitchell had 23, Roach had 12, Flip had 21, and then Foster has four, and, and there's all your points for the night. It's not – it was not a – I guess it was balanced in the perspective that the starters were pretty balanced other than Proctor. But uh, as far as a team perspective, this was not one of those games where we get, you know, 15 points off the bench. And and that's something that I do think can hurt Duke later in the year, Um, especially with foul trouble, which we've talked about a lot with Flip. It's less of a big deal if one of the guards gets in foul trouble because we just have so many. Um, But especially with Flip, who – I'll mention this in kind of the positives. Foul trouble hadn't been a problem for him in the past few games. But but that's all the bad I have. Just ending with that, not a lot of bench production. And I think I've been saying it for a few episodes now. Like we're seeing the rotation, the March rotation really come into play. And it is really looking like we're going to play seven guys in the tournament. I think Ryan, I think Sean and or Ryan will come up for spot minutes, not a lot of minutes, um, but primarily we're going to see six guys on the court, and, and it's those six. It's the starters and Caleb Foster, which I think is what a lot of people would have predicted to start the year. Um, but that's just something to, to keep your eye on, and uh, I kind of pegged it as a bad just moving forward. You you wish we were a little bit deeper and had developed a little bit more of a bench throughout the season. Um, but moving on to the good, and it starts, as I said, with defending the three-point line against Wake's really good shooters. I think they have like four guys that are shooting above 40% and a couple others that are at like 38. Um, but this was, I believe, the lowest scoring first half Wake Forest had all year, uh, which is really an achievement. Now, I know you know part of that is you, know, you get lucky they miss shots, but another part of that is you're playing good defense on them. Uh, so to hold them to the shooting percentages, I mean, to hold them – to what did they shoot for the entire game? Twenty three percent the whole game is is a is a massive win and is exactly what John Shire would want to hear before the game. Like, hey, we're gonna hold these guys under twenty five percent shooting for three. You hear that you're you're pretty much gonna win the game against this Wake team. That's a, that's a huge part of their offense. Um, yeah, as I said earlier, I I do think that translated a little bit weirdly enough to us shooting poorly. Uh, but moving on from that, we've already talked about that enough. Uh, I I just wrote down McCain. I think uh, it's hard to pick out. I think player of the game for this game was Mark Mitchell, absolutely, and I'll talk about him in a second. But after that, it's kind of tough to decide if Flip and McCain had more of an impact on this thing. McCain was more steady throughout the entire game, um, but Flip turned it on more at the end and got some really critical buckets for us kind of in consecutive fashion in the last. But just first, just McCain. I mean, what more can be said about this kid? He finishes with another double-double, 17 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, one steal. It just... And I'll give myself a little bit of credit here. I'm not the only person who was saying it, so it's not just me. But I kept saying in our kind of preseason reviews of this team, McCain is a heck of a lot more than a three-point shooter. Everybody fell in love with watching him win the high school McDonald's three-point shooting contest. And I just kept kept seeing it. Look, Look, if you watch this kid's high school tape, He's not a guy who's just hovering around the perimeter and shoots threes. He's active. He's active on the glass. He's active in the passing game. He's constantly running around off ball, which is something I don't think he was doing 
uh, in the first few games at Duke until we kind of figured out how to play him. And he's just a mover, puts in a ton of effort. Defensively, he's always there, even though he gives up a lot of size uh, because of Duke's playing three guards. Just The kid is just a star, man. And we would be so lucky as Duke fans to get this kid back for another year. And, and I'm still predicting him to come back um, and I predicted him to come back at the beginning of the year. Um, I predicted all our freshmen to come back. Um, but I, I, and, and that's not based on any insider info or anything, or even when you look at mock drafts, I mean, I think he would be projected to get dra- drafted this year. Uh, it's a weaker draft class, but I just think everything he said about his college experience, everything he said about Duke just reminds you of a guy who who just wants to play college. And I think money is not a thing for him. He got the TikTok stuff. He's an NIL star. He's so likable of a human being. He's just infectiously positive, it seems. And I imagine he's such a fun like guy to coach and, and guy to be around in the locker room. Um, but I just see him coming back. I don't know. I I think he just reminds you of a kid who loves college basketball and just wants to play college for a while. Um, I think he even had some quotes where he won. He he had some quotes where he said, "I want to get better each one of my consecutive years at Duke," implying he could even stay longer than two years. Um, now you never know, but gosh, <laughs> I, I get excited thinking about him coming back next year. Just. Uh, it, he could stay the same, and I'd be excited. But thinking about him improving at all, golly! And especially imagine, imagine Cooper Flag being able to kick out to open Jared McCain threes. Um, that should get any Duke fan very, very excited. Especially talking about all the guys we already have coming in. But I would take I would take McCain over like anybody we have committed over next year, maybe other than Cooper. But Cooper doesn't even—he's not a guard. But um. Like if it takes another guy transferring out, give me McCain back because he is such an awesome, awesome player. And and this is just another star performance from him. And he's gotten up in the big games. I mean, Carolina, he was maybe our best player at times. Um, just an awesome game from him. I don't know how he's such a good rebounder. At the beginning of the year, he kept putting up these big rebounding numbers, and I, I had thought it was just kind of luck, like, oh, the ball's just bouncing his way. But, the, like, he keeps getting double-doubles, and he's not even he's not even our biggest guard. Like, Proctor, I think, has a couple inches on him. I I could go on about McCain. It's just an incredible season he's having. I think he should win. I, I think he's got a great shot at winning ACC Freshman of the Year. Um and it, it'll be tough because, like, Duke has other stars. But if he was playing on another team, I think he'd be a shoo-in for it. Um, but but just a great performance from him tonight. He picked it back up from three. He'd struggled a little bit from three. His last game he went one for eight. Uh, today he goes three for seven, which is about 43% from three. Um, perfect from the line. Uh, a good rebounding shooting game. Uh for him but he just like we said he affects the game in so many other ways uh, and it showed he played 38 minutes tonight so <laughs> and I think he's going to keep playing 38 minutes I don't think we can afford to keep him off the floor um, Mark had Mark Mitchell had one of his best games as a Blue Devil for my mind he tied his career high in points 23 points finished 9 for 14 so efficient he, he made a 3 again he did finish only 50% from the line which isn't great for him uh, 8 total rebounds 2 blocks on the game just it, oh man Mark just plays simple basketball when he is at his best it is beautiful to watch because 
there's no like fanciness with Mark. He he gets to his spot. He sees an advantage in the paint. He takes an advantage. If he's on a smaller guy, he turns around and just shoots over him on the box, and it goes in. Uh, he typically makes free throws really well. Uh, he takes advantage of space because they're sagging off him so much from the three-point line. He's really learned throughout this year. Uh, he has enough speed and momentum to where if he can get his – if he can get himself going, he's almost impossible to stop. He made a ton of tough shots under the rim today. He looks to get fouled. Like it, when he it, when he's at his best, it, it is a thing of beauty to watch because his efficiency is just through the roof. He doesn't take stupid shots most of the time. Everybody takes dumb a shot every once in a while, but he, he shot sixty four percent from the floor today. Uh, it, it's just the the efficiency metrics on this kid are just incredible, and and. He, I was thinking to myself during tonight's game, he sometimes mentally plays the game how people wish Flip would think about it. I think Mark just knows when he gets a mismatch, he's just taking it in, and he's not thinking about anything else. I think the complaint about Flip has been a little bit maybe too much hanging out on the perimeter trying to make threes, and sometimes he'll pass out of stuff, and he is certainly getting double teams more. Um, but just that mindset of just like, I've got a guy, smaller guy on me. He's not as good as me. I'm going to post him up and take him to the basket, and that's going to be that. I'm not thinking about doing anything else, uh, and I'm either going to get a foul or this is going in. Um, Mark just had one of those games tonight. felt like he was in, in the, a bulk of his points, which is really why I think he's the player of the game and not just his point totals. A bulk of his scores came when Duke really needed it. When This was a game, surprisingly, Wake never took the lead, even though it felt like they could have a couple times. Um, they tied it a few times, but uh, not in the second half and, and wasn't able to take a lead. I think three points was the closest it got. But it was like, yeah, when Wake pulled it to three, I think they did it at least once. Uh, Mark was the guy, two consecutive baskets out of a timeout. It, he, all of his points really came in spurts when we really needed it. Um, he had one dunk at the end that was a freebie. But no, none of his other points were like, oh, the game's over, he's just stat padding, or, or, or that's going to look good on the scorecard. All these points came in the meat of the game when Duke really needed somebody to step up and get a bucket. Surprisingly today, most of the time, I felt like it was Mark Mitchell. Awesome game from him. Uh, Jeremy Roach, I think Roach had a good game. He didn't fill up the stat line like he normally did. He only actually only shot the ball eight times, but he went five for eight and two for four from three um, and hit probably the most electric shot of the game, which I want to talk about later. I'm going to save that one for later. Um, but uh, but Roach was just a steady. He was a steady captain tonight. He did what he needed to. I thought he played decent pretty good defense out there finished with five assists also great for him that's a 12.5 assists uh two rebound game for him he had some turnovers finished with three turnovers had some lazy passes especially for him um but he'll clean that up i'm not worried about jeremy at all and uh, biggest thing with jeremy to talk about is like what a three-point sniper he has just turned into on the year i think he's shooting 45 percent from three yeah, his three-point percentage is just 44%. That's leading the team. Um, and he shot 79. It's not like he doesn't shoot a lot of them. Uh, that's just been – has it been the biggest surprise of the year? I don't. The biggest maybe positive surprise of the year is, is how awesome he shot the three. And, again, I talked about it on my preseason breakdown before, too, that I thought Roach was going to shoot by far the best – 
uh, three-point percentage of his career, and he is doing that. And I think a big part of it is that there are so many other shooters on this team. There are more shooters on this team than in any of the other Duke teams that he's left open a lot more, and he's converting on this. Um, but that has just become a huge weapon for this Duke team, how well he is shooting from three. And he displayed that tonight. And, uh, and in other ways, he's obviously got the – got the speed and the acceleration to get to the basket, make free throws, make tough layups. He's done that his whole career. Uh, but a solid performance from Flip or from Roach. Uh, and then moving on to Kyle Filipowski. Uh, Flip had a better bounce back game from his last couple games. Um, I, I think his game is tainted a little by his three-point shooting tonight. He finished eight for 14, but only one for six from three. Um, so, I mean, you can see there – that that his efficiency he still shot 57 percent uh today but that goes a lot higher if he's either not shooting or making more of his threes i do think he he probably at times fell in love a little too much with the three and i'm not even talking about the amount of threes he's taking I, i'm talking about how where he is on the floor on offense think he does hover around the three-point line a little too much uh, but I wrote this in my notes too I mean look he went one for six from three and had 21 points if he hits two more of those threes like it, it let's say he goes three for six or even two for six, like if he hits a, two more of these threes we're talking about a 27 point performance and none of us are saying oh he's He's hanging out by the perimeter too much because he would have just had 27 points and shot 50% from three, uh, just hitting two more. And a lot of these shots, threes he were taking were wide open. So I don't have a problem with him taking a lot of threes. I just I, – I, I, my more problem is in the offensive scheme and game plan, I just think he's so good in the post. Sometimes it feels like he's hovering around there too much looking for the three. Um, so if there's anything to improve on for him or at least – uh, schematically it's you know take the threes when they're there you, you know he's a decent I think he's shooting 35% on the season and that's I think after tonight going one for six um, but he's proved he can be, he's a better three-point shooter than he was last year and he can make those and if he makes those it is almost impossible to beat Duke like if if, if Flip is able to hit 40% from three in a game and he shoots you know, several three like it's just so hard to beat Duke because you're going to be so worried about defending the three point line that we're just going to dominate you inside. So I don't, I'm fine with him taking six threes or you know, but just uh just make sure we're not using him just on the perimeter and that we're especially tonight in a game where Wake's big men were in foul trouble the whole game. Felt like we could have posted him up more, and when he got a lot of those last minute critical points. Uh, when Wake was kind of still battling, we gave it to him in the low post, and he was able to score nearly every time, uh, especially on on Wake's you know third string big man. Um, but that's just that's that's it for Flip. He, I mean, he's look, he finished with twenty one and ten, still shooting fifty seven percent. It's hard for me to be mad at that. Uh, good bounce back game from Flip, getting over twenty, uh, and then kind of last thing, maybe I'll end the episode with this: the moment of this game. And uh, was John Shire getting upset with the officials, uh, spe specifically Teddy Valentine or 
TV Teddy, as the uh, as the Twitter world likes to call him, <laughs> kind of a mean nickname. But uh, but yeah, so it, it was. I can't remember exactly the call. It was either a call that was an out of bounds call that was obviously out on Wake, and they still gave him the ball, or it was a non foul. I can't remember which it was because there were so many officiating was all over the place tonight. And Duke got some stupid. Duke benefited from it a little. I think Wake benefited it from it considerably more um I, th- I believe wake if i can pull up the stats i believe wake ended up shooting more free throws than uh than duke did well no no well, no we finished 25 25 13 um advantage now that kind of makes sense because of the way wake plays they're not a team that goes inside a bunch and tries to dominate you on the inside their shooting team um but but wake got the benefit of a lot of calls tonight duke benefited from it a little too but the officiating was was frankly just bad in this game um but there was a play where wake benefited from a call that even the announcers on tv were talking about how how bad it was uh and the ball actually rolled to shire like uh from the play and Chire kind of underhand slowly just chucked it back to the officials and was just really screaming at him as much as John does. You know, it's kind of just loud talking. But you could see it in his face how upset he was uh, at these officials. And, and the crowd just feasted on that. I mean, just they just latched on to that and, and exploded. Even before play was going on, the crowd, it felt like Shire was about to get a tech, and I kind of wanted it. <laughs> Even though it was a close game, I kind of wanted it because of how bad the officiating was going. Um, but but the crowd just feasted off of that, and then next Duke offensive possession, Roach hits the three, and from that moment on, I was not worried Duke was going to lose this thing. I was like, that that is just an, a crazy turn of events, and the end energy in the room I, I i saw a few tweets from people that were there but it sounded like when roach hit that three after a horrible ref call and shire getting pissed at the refs kind of amping the crowd up saying like let's go we got to overcome some stuff here tonight and then roach hits a three right after i can only imagine how loud it got in that building uh but that's the moment of the game for me uh is shire really showing some emotion and uh the crazies latching onto that and tearing the roof off of cameron when roach hit that three-point shot and, and from that point on i felt like duke had this thing in a bag um but yeah that's kind of all my thoughts for this game uh like i said at the beginning top of the episode Duke has a ton, a ton of important games coming up, uh, and it's important that we put our best foot forward in each and every one of these games, not only for the win, uh, but for the the net rankings and all the weirdness that comes with that, efficiency numbers. Uh, it's important for Duke to have a, a good, uh, strong enough closing to the season, um, sometimes having a lot of momentum going into the tournament, I think is somewhat overrated when you look at uh, – how rare it is for you to win your conference tournament versus your versus the NCAA tournament. Uh, but as far as the regular season goes, you want to have a strong end to that, especially when you're playing uh, the high-quality ACC opponents that Duke is rounding out the year. But it's been great. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate each and every one of you tuning in to Duke Blue Central. If you want to help out the podcast, you can leave a rating wherever you're listening to or follow me over on Twitter at Duke Blue Central. Uh, it's been awesome. Have a good night, Duke fans. Go Blue Devils.